but it's really the stuff that is someone's true opinion, perspective, and experience that is going to be the thing that gets them to come to do, to try whatever it is that you're talking about over somebody else. You have the best editing in the world on a piece, but if it doesn't connect, it doesn't matter. So it could just be flashy and pretty, and then it doesn't work. Welcome to the Video Simplify podcast, where I help you simplify the video creation process to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. From learning to use your camera to simplifying video strategies to help you grow your brand and share your vision using video. So let's jump right into today's episode. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplify podcast with me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladney. There are a lot of live events coming up and as we end out the year and have the beginning of the year rotating around, or it could be the middle of year, depending on when you are listening to or watching this podcast. If you are a speaker, a coach, a trainer, and you're wanting to get into public speaking, one of the most powerful tools that you can have in your business is testimonials. Now you don't have to be at a live event to do this. You could be hosting your own live event though, or these are just great, great questions to get from your existing clientele um, and just people that you're working with or people that you know are usually consuming your content. Whatever the case is, this is a great way to uh, get testimonials, especially following a live event. Uh, it could be an online training or workshop in person or what have you. But this is specifically going to focus in on live events and stuff like that, because when you go to a live event, especially because we have so many coming up, when you go to a live event, people are fresh, they are excited and they have that right now, a sense of urgency that if you wait, you're going to make the mistake in missing out on getting some of the best marketing content for your business. Whether you are doing this event yourself, you're speaking, or you're just being there, these are great questions just to kind of keep on hand at any point, whether it's in like your Apple notes or whatever, uh, so that you can come back to these uh, at any given point. Now, if you're doing and hosting your own small life, live event sessions or workshops, you want to make sure you have a friend or somebody that's a good communicator actually doing this. They don't have to know really anything about tech. You can preset up the camera. It could be even a smartphone. You just have a light or you're in front of a window source. And that way you can make sure you get great audio, but something like the DJI wireless microphones or the Rode wireless microphone systems um, are two of the most popular and reliable ones to use. But good, clean audio is going to be important because when you're working with testimonials, you have people that maybe aren't in front of the camera. They're doing business with you that may not be tech specific. And even if it is, you can't expect them in that moment to give you the best technical response or things that they should do or should know or whatever. So you want to make it, make it as easy as possible for people to give these to you. And like I said, at a live event before they leave, before the last day is usually the best time uh, to do it. If this is an online training or workshop or what have you have a follow-up email in like the email sequence, create a, you can create a Dropbox request link. Even if you made a Google drive type folder, then you can do that. And that way, when someone clicks on that link, it automatically takes them to a folder where they can just upload their video. Um, I recommend having them do a fairly wide, and I mean like where they're not like super duper close up. Um, like this would be the framing that I have on this video. If you're listening to this podcast, you can watch the video version of this podcast and a link in the show notes. But if you're watching this podcast, as close as I am to the camera, this kind of framing is about as close as I would allow or want people to be. I would want them to be further back because that way it gives you flexibility 
if you want to crop in for vertical videos uh, and the like. So when you're doing promotions on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, um, or you're using this in stories or whatever the case is, you have more flexibility. So the further back they are just a little bit, the better it is because you can frame them a little bit better instead of it just being when you crop in, literally most of that frame is their head because it doesn't look, it works. It's what they say. It's not the way they look necessarily, but you know, just a little technical advice there. So I wanted to go through, because I think for a lot of people, you would go to something like a chat GPT nowadays and start asking what are the best questions to ask for getting um, a great testimonial or what questions should I ask for a testimonial? And I did this just to see what kind of information it would kick back. And then I'm going to give you some of my most valuable questions that when I'm doing testimonials, um, or especially when I'm filming for testimonials and I'm the person that's capturing that data, if I'm at an event to make sure that we're getting the best information possible. And again, you can do this for your business today. You don't have to wait until one, if it's someone that you worked with, just make it easy for people to do this. The biggest thing that when it comes, reason why I said you need to have somebody that's a good communicator is because a lot of people get inside of their mind of what they think the person giving the testimonial, they get inside their mind of what they think it should be like, or the way they should look or the way they should sound or where they are in their business or where they, you know, what they've achieved before they do it. That is not the most helpful testimonials. People that are like so far out there, like your best of the best of the best students that have gone on to become their own type trainers and coaches, they gone on to even some of them surpass you. Those are our ideal students, our best students, right? But that's not who's going to hire you next. And the goal of the testimonial, if the goal of any video is to do a job, all videos have to serve a purpose and do their job. And so if the video doesn't succeed in doing its job, it doesn't work. So the testimonial is usually for me. I want this to get me more clients. Number two, I do want to showcase the kind of people that I've worked with before, uh, or the people that have gotten value out of my content or whatever the case is. Um, and I want to share with others that are still in that searching decision-making process or whatever. And again, you can use whether so I'm speaking specifically to live events today, but think about like, I, like I wrote my best-selling book, the one right video. We got testimonials for people that have learned from my content, that have learned from the things that I've taught, that have gotten value from me before. And that's what we used in the promo video uh, when we were pushing this out. And so now you have live testimonials. I put in the book like, hey, leave a rating review. I'm always talking about if you haven't left a rating or review, make sure you go and do that. Go to onerightvideo.com forward slash review. Make it easy for people to do that. And so it could be your name, it could be dianagladney.com forward slash review. And that's an easy way for people to upload and share with you um, where they can leave a review or testimonial or something like that. But just make sure it's super easy. So we're gonna go back and forth and I'll share with you what I put inside of ChatGPT, what the results were and how I would alter that. So you get the best results possible based on actually doing this and working through people. And I talked about before, making sure you have somebody that's a good communicator because You'll have people that, again, like I said, they want to wait until a different date sometimes to do this. But if you're at a live event, it's best to get people while they are on fire. Usually day two for most events is the best because some people miss day one or they miss parts of day one or they're still traveling in or whatever the case. Day two, they've been there or they've been able to think about what they've learned the day before 
and they actually have time put aside um, for day two because they have a better grasp of how that event is going to go based on the previous day, whether they were there for the pre-day registration, day one, and then day two, or they came in on day one or whatever the case is. But you want to start thinking about what that experience has been like, especially if it's been in something that you've done an event for uh, before. So here's what I put into ChatGPT. And let's go through and break down some of these questions and then some that you can ask and incorporate and even think about things that are not included in this episode that would be ideal for your ideal target market. Imagine being a business owner or coach that's also a speaker who wants to get the best out of a live event testimonial that's short, powerful, and impactful, and will help gain new clients and grow their brand. What is the ideal time frame and questions to ask? So ChatGPT gave me back the answer. Usually it should be time frame wise between one to two minutes since attention spans are short and to aim for brevity. Ensure the testimonial occurs shortly after the event while the experience is fresh in the participant's mind. Couple alterations here, because in doing this, if you wait, if you wait until the end of an event, people are trying to catch their flights. They're thinking about all the stuff they have to do when they get home. They're thinking about how they can begin to implement the things that they've talked about. Their mind has moved on beyond the event and life after the event. And because life happens to us all, they're not thinking about like, where they're going to make time for any of this stuff. And there is a real issue of when people leave a live event, even if this is an online live event, when they leave that, they now become and can become lost in the sauce. And the more time passes from, and I'm saying like from hours, the more that life starts to come back to them, the emails of the bills being delayed, the kids saying that they needed this type of thing for this project at school or something they're involved in. And you have to jump back into mom mode or dad mode. Like you, life happens and it will continue to happen. And the devil don't bother nobody that ain't doing nothing. And so when you think about where they're coming from and what they now have to go back into post the event, this, the event is usually scheduled and time they've set apart specifically to be focused on that. Will they deal with emergencies and fires to be put out occasionally, but usually they're trying to get the most out of their, the money and the time that they're investing there. Cause they're not going to get either of those back, but when they go back home, everything else tend to get in the way. So we want to get ahead of that. So one to two minutes is actually kind of long. I'm going to share with you what you should do instead, but it also the other point that uh chat GBT made as far as the time frame is shortly after the event while the experience is still fresh. Now, this is the mistake because again, like I said, after the event is too far out. During the event, you can make time and schedule with them, especially if you see somebody interacting, engaging, asking a lot of questions. You, this is also why it's great if you're doing the event yourself, have a friend or somebody else involved, an assistant or someone on the team there that can actually help. Even if you get volunteers, most people that are doing their own small workshops and events don't think to invite volunteers. There's plenty of people in your network, in your circle, in your community that would love to be a part, get a free ticket to the event and just be able to participate because they can be a volunteer because it's like they're getting all of the stuff that people are paying for, for free to a point. Um, and especially if you include something like giving them access to the recordings afterwards um, as a thank you for them serving uh, in this this way or what have you. So, so think about it, something like that, for example, you don't have to, but just for an example. But 
when you have somebody else doing it, they can be paying attention to who's engaging, who's interacting, um, or just catching people, whether that's in the hallway or having a designated spot um, or a designated person so they know who to go and look for. And you don't necessarily have to buy a dedicated banner or anything like that, but you do wanna have a dedicated microphone that's different than the ones that you use for uh, the event and stuff like that. And like I said, time frame wise, one to two minutes is actually too long because they're gonna hear that and they're gonna think and multiply that in their mind. One to two minutes becomes three to five minutes and five and 10 minutes becomes like if you the question's going back and forth and they don't wanna be out there that long. So they'll put you off, they'll blow you off, or they'll say later or catch me on this day, you'll never see that person again. <laughs> so the way you wanna get them time frame wise, this is the first way to get them to commit, especially if you have dedicated time slots to do this, or this is during something like a longer break or longer lunch, because you're now taking them a little bit away from the event and asking for that solo time or whatever the case, maybe do something like put their name in for a drawing for something that's included in the um, workshop or the live event or the training and they win it. It could be something like whatever the course or something has been, they get access for 14 days or whatever, first 14 days free or what, you know, whatever the thing is, or it could be complete access for, you know, one year or, or something like that. Just think about a way to get people to say yes, but you don't have to. It's just a matter of getting more people to commit sometimes. Um, but that's why I said, have somebody that's a good communicator because they need to know how to deal with those right now rebuttals of like, if somebody's going to the restroom, <laughs> they're not stopping. If you can catch them back on the way or whatever the case is, then sure, but they need to know when somebody really is at a no, leave them alone because you don't want to piss them off or annoy them or they start to have to dodge you when they see you because they know you're going to ask. That's annoying and that puts a bad taste in their mouth, so you don't want to be aggressive. The other thing is they need to be able to make them feel good about doing this and excited and pumped and they cannot wait to hear their story, their journey, their experience because it's important versus something that feels like a task and a trial. So if you tell them, I just need 15 to 20 seconds, even if they multiply that in their mind, which they always will multiply whatever time you say something will take, they're gonna multiply that of how long they think it really would take. You say 15 to 20 seconds, that's it. And then you and that's it, that's all we need. And they're like, really, that's not, it's gonna take longer than that, 15 to 20 seconds. If it takes any longer, it's just because you choose to share more. That simple line like that, helps them to be able to see themselves doing this. And even if in their mind, if it multiplied up to one minute, they could afford to give you that because that's just them getting settled in their seat <laughs> type thing or them stepping out to, to take a drink of water at a water fountain or something like that. So they'd be willing to give you that time. But if you tell them just one to two minutes, even though that sounds like it's not that big of a deal because in time frame wise, it maybe isn't, in a live event setting, it is. So one to two minutes is actually kind of long. So you want to go anywhere from 15 to 20 seconds in person. If you're doing this for a virtual event, you want to tell them anywhere from like 20 to 30 seconds, because then they'll probably already going to do it a minute. And this is also making sure you get enough time to talk and do the information or whatever, because they don't have to give you a long answer, but they probably are. So any extra time outside of what time it takes to actually do the questions is on the person just sharing more, which is true. Now, Here's the seven questions that ChatGPT said to ask. We're going to rank these and I'll share with you what I'm suggesting. Number one, what was your biggest takeaway from the event? Number two, how has this event positively impacted your business or career? Number three, 
Can you share a specific moment or insight that resonated with you? Number four, why would you recommend this event to others? Number five, in a few words, how would you describe this event to someone who's never attended? Number six, would you attend another event hosted by either your name or the person's name or your business? And number seven, any final thoughts or comments you'd like to share? Now, here's how I would rank these first sets of questions. Numbers one, three, four, and five, I would rank as good questions. Numbers two and seven, I would rank more in the not so good question section. And then three, four, and five, which some of these were in the good section, I would rate those as great potential. And here's why. When you look at one, three, four, and five, what was your biggest takeaway from the event? That's something that they're used to answering or hearing at some point. It's normal. Number three, can you share a specific moment or insight that resonated with you? That's always going to be personal to that specific person because one thing is going to be said from stage. However, everybody's going to interpret that differently. Everybody's going to let that go through their filter, which is always going to be different per person. So that's a great way to get unique and specific stuff, even if you have multiple people that are giving uh, the same questions. That's why I said it has great potential. Four is them recommending it to somebody else is something that could be used when you put a bunch of people saying the same thing next to each other. I can't wait to come next year. I can't wait to come. I can't wait to come next year. I, this is on my calendar every year. Those become com compounded and more powerful because you have a bunch of people in agreement. And so once you get people in that yes pattern, that yes path, and you're sharing that, that's like a good buildup piece for the editor that would put something like this together. So three, four, and five. So five has is the last one with great potential. So if I say in a few words, how would you describe this event to someone who's never attended? Everybody, same event, same stuff happening. Everybody's filtering this different. So this becomes unique to that person's perspective. And because of that, you can mix and weave sections of something that was really explosive um, or something that was really life-changing or emotional, wasn't a dry eye in the house type of thing, or just something that you can tell um, even from the speaker's perspective that really resonated with everybody. When you have that moment and now you have the footage from the event when this is being edited and you have the stuff that people said, you can break down how everybody interpreted that by addressing how people felt, how people thought about this analytically, how people really uh, assess this logically, how people could see themselves moving forward. And you can put together something that's holistic and would apply to anybody. Same way you have where some people, they need to do something physically for them to learn it. Other people need to see it. Other people need time to think about it or what, like we have all these different types of learners. There's also different types of emotional responses that you want to draw from everyone that's probably going to potentially going to watch this reel. And you want to think about what kind of people would see this? Somebody that's analytical, somebody that's all about the money, somebody that's all about fun, somebody that's all about helping people, somebody that's all about, you know, whatever. Like you have to think about those different kinds of perspectives. And when you are editing with emotion or for emotion, and even if you're not the person editing, because most of the time you won't be, you'll hire somebody to do this or have an editor that's doing this. When you're doing this for emotion, those are the bits that you can say when you look back at the testimonials, because this is why it's also good for you not to do them. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. They are doing this testimonial with the hope that the main person sees it. So when it's somebody else that's doing the testimonial, number one, it takes the 
frustration off that they have to say it right or perfect in front of you or say something that they think you want to hear, it takes that pressure off. So that's reduced pressure there. And number two, everyone hopes that you see what they said about your event or about you or how much you helped them or whatever the case is. So the fact that um, they can describe how this event really made them feel, how they can describe it to somebody else that's like them, that would resonate. And that's honestly the best form of copy or copywriting. It's the best form because it's, it's natural, it's native, and that's the stuff uh, that you want. So I asked ChatGPT if these were the best and the most impactful questions that could be asked instead of the previous question that I asked, or is there something better essentially? And it went with these three things, which was what is the most transformational moment or lesson that you gained from this event? How has attending this event directly influenced your business or personal growth? And why would you strongly recommend this event to others looking for similar growth or results. Now I'd love to do this inside of ChatGPT because it allows for me to let ChatGPT filter itself and go through another layer deep. Because the questions that may have been asked could have been pulled from any number of blog posts on the internet to compile something. But I'm like, if I'm saying it's not going to take that much time, I only want to get the best and most impactful information possible, the stuff that I need, because they're always going to add on extra stuff just through talking, through excitement. That's stuff that I don't. So I need to make sure while I have them, I actually get what I need and I'm not beefing up the time with irrelevant questions that actually won't move the needle. So you can see that we kind of got a little bit of a repeat, but we can have it filter down and go through it. Now, how I would rate these, not great would be number two. It's a little too vague. Um, great potential would be two and three. And then great would be number one because transformational moment makes them think about dag this really like it like this is the point where i really felt something more than just excitement more than just hope like something happened and it wasn't just about energy but something happened in that moment of them being in that event that has already changed them they haven't implemented anything yet but this has already changed them now I asked ChatGPT to go another layer deeper. And I said, would you ask three different questions if the sole purpose was to create a promo reel for next year's event and get new clients in the meantime? ChatGPT then said, this is the question that it would, would then use these three. What specific outcomes or changes have you experienced in your business or personal growth since attending this event? And number two, in your opinion, what sets this event apart from others you've attended or considered? And number three, if you could give a message to anyone thinking about attending this event next year, what would it be? Now, how I would rank these is number one, it's not necessarily uh, so great because you're asking them not how you've had a transformation on the inside, but you're asking them how you've already applied what they've done or learned here. They haven't done anything yet. They're still there. Now you're, if you're doing this after the event, then it's different. But if you're doing this while they're there, which is the best time to do it, because the other thing that happens when people see other people giving testimonials and people have friends or people that become friends, or at least people that they're talking to while they're there, they say, did you do your testimony yet? Yeah, I just finished. It was great. They're getting feedback from other people, or they'll sit there and watch. So many times when I'm doing a testimonial myself for an event, or I'm watching and I'm doing it for somebody else, 
people will stop to hear what other people are saying, what other people think about, or they're just waiting because they want their turn. People love attention. And so when you do this, this now becomes social proof that's building because of this. So even if you have a small event, I don't care if it's seven people in the room, all of this stuff still happens. It's just on different scales. And so when you have, let's say 15, 20, 30, 50 people, hundred people, this becomes something people can't wait to do it and think like, oh man, I need to make time to do this. So they'd be like, Hey, can I meet with you? Um, after lunch, I plan on coming back early. Cause I actually want to take some notes. Like, yeah. How long would it take? 15, 20 seconds. Oh, I won't take that long. Yeah. It's just 15, 20 seconds. If you go any longer, it's just really about what you want to say from the heart. Then they're like, okay, I, cause they can agree to that. And that's the biggest thing, getting them to agree and not just tell you what they think you want to, what you want to hear kind of a thing or the person that's doing it. So here's the questions I would suggest instead, what place were you coming from before you met X person or before coming to this event? Because this connects so well with people that are like, especially if we're talking about people that are going to come next year. This works so well because everybody can see themselves in those shoes because it's somebody that's just like them. They can really, truly relate. This is so powerful because this helps them connect with somebody that's just like them. Everybody wants to see themselves in whatever it is. They want to see somebody that's going through or have been through what they are. And when you say, well, I'm a single mom, I got three kids and you know, I've really been struggling. And so it took a lot for me to get here. And when I decided to work with X person, or when I decided to come to this event, it was a huge deal. I had to figure out how to get my three kids taken care of for close to a week, just from the traveling to the going and the whatever they're giving more details because that's what really happened. And so to talk about where they are and it's like, but I know because you, if I say what place were you coming from before you came to this event, they're going to describe like, but it, you know, it was worth it. Like from day one till yesterday, or they'll go into naturally because you're setting them up to be a natural storyteller. So I'm saying like, where were you coming from? It's like, I was coming from this. I, and it's just like, everybody's where they're coming from. It's going to be different. Even if they're successful to, or have success to some degree. It's like, you know what I was thinking about, I was working with my team and we were deciding what events did we want to go to. And we boiled down to coming to this one. Cause guess what? That's a reality. Everybody has a certain amount of budget that they want to spend for going out, doing events, traveling or whatever the case or who they can bring. And that you'll hear if it is someone like that sometimes, um, is, you know, I've been thinking about this, I've been coming to this. And so I just came, uh, this year myself, but you know, I'm already here. We're on day two and it is good to do day two, day three or whatever type uh, testimonials, not just try to cram everybody on one day, but you'll hear them say like, it was only me this year, like next year, we have to have the team. Like we need at least three other people on the team to come because this was life-changing. Fantastic. Because that's going to be somebody just like who you maybe want to work with your ideal target audience that can see themselves now coming back. And if you have clips for the person that's recording or capturing B-roll for you, if you hire a videography, which I would highly recommend, or at least place a camera on the audience to capture various moments and stuff, but at least uh, have some kind of footage, you know, being captured from the audience and not just the speaker uh, perspective. Cause if you're solo doing this, People only think about recording themselves. They never think about filming the audio, even if it's on a phone and you just set it up and just let it roll and make sure it's charged and have space. It works. 
it works because you can always set up something to have you and somebody else on the screen or whatever. It's a couple different ways to, to maneuver, maneuver that. The other thing that I would say, second question is what's something valuable you've learned here that you can't wait to put into action. This question essentially boils down to what does this make possible for you? Because now you can say, this is what I've learned and this is what I can't wait to implement because then it speaks to the kind of people that come that want to get something tangible. They're not there for the rah, rah. You'll hear this a lot with um, doing any kind of event. They don't want to hear a bunch of fluff. They don't want their time wasted and they don't want to just be excited and ballooned up. And then when life starts to punch them, they just start to deflate back down and there's no real sustenance for them to hold them through the tough times of whatever this event is designated to do. And so when you think about what have you learned what's something that's valuable, again, everybody's going to pull something different that they find valuable. And then that also as a speaker, as an entrepreneur, as the person, as the coach, whatever, you can look and say, these are the things that everybody said that is something that they could implement, you know, or whatever the case is, or you'll hear stuff like, can't wait to implement this with my team. Can't wait to hire uh, my first virtual assistant uh, and start having them to do X because I've been so stressed and overwhelmed with whatever, even the things that they're struggling with becomes connection points with people that would come to this event. So it starts to, the video starts to naturally do its own job. And then the third and final question would be, what growth have you seen and valued most in yourself that you attribute to this person or this event? And this is good for people that like have this kind of like a follow-up question, because if they've been to the event before, if they've been a long-term client for this person or whatever, like have some like five or six, maybe seven questions that you can rotate in and out, everybody shouldn't necessarily be asked the same thing. So if you can say like, what growth have you seen in yourself since you started following this person? And I'm like, I just started following this person yesterday. I found out about the event and I had to be here. That is important because there's going to be people like that, that want to come to the live event or workshop or whatever. And these are powerful testimonials. Even if you're just doing it, just you online, you're streaming it and it's no big fanfare. You could be using a program like Ecamm Live to have a countdown timer. You go live, you have your presentation and then you're off. This will still work for those kinds of events. An event doesn't have to be in person. It's just because again, like I said, we have a bunch of live events coming up, something to think about. Now, here's another follow-up that can help you to go deeper because some people will give you close-ended instead of open-ended type responses, which is uh, open-ended would be, what do you think about the weather in your state versus are you hot or cold? Because you're only giving them a way to respond with the hot or cold of like, yeah, it's cold or it's hot or it's warm or whatever. And that's it. They don't have to reply with anything else. It's just finished at that point. Whether if I say, what do you think about your state or, or how much do you really enjoy or uh, not enjoy? Or what, what do you love the most about your city? Everybody's going to give you something. It won't just be like a real short ended response. So the way you have a good follow-up when somebody says something, but they don't go deep, they kind of give it a close ended response. Tell me more about that. Or share with me an experience when, especially this is just feeding off of what that person says. So if they say something like um, that, they only came as a business owner, they didn't bring an assistant or somebody else with them or whatever. It's like, share with me what, what you think that experience might be like, or, or, or you can say like, share with me an experience when um, you went to an event and it wasn't worth it because they, something immediately pops up and it's not to bash anybody else or any other event. You can say like, 
yeah, a lot of events give you fluff, but this one is like, you get that instant comparison because that's the stuff that people are going to be doing. Everybody's going to, everybody's promo reel for an event or a person or a book or a podcast or a course or whatever is going to be amazing. But it's really the stuff that is someone's true opinion, perspective, and experience that is going to be the thing that gets them to come to do, to try whatever it is that you're talking about over somebody else. You have the best editing in the world on a piece, but if it doesn't connect, it doesn't matter. So it could just be flashy and pretty, and then it doesn't work. So that's the question I would ask, like, so tell me about that. Or when they say something, it's like, tell me about that. It's like, yes, yeah, like we were thinking about, you know, going to this event or that event. And we ultimately decided on this one uh, in our team meeting, because this person said this, that really got me like, you'll get them to expound on that a little bit more. Two simple questions. Tell me more about that and share with me an experience when, especially if they're sharing something like from the past or before or whatever. This is why I said you need to have somebody that's a good communicator. They can have notes in front of them uh, or their phone is usually the easiest of uh, what questions or group of questions to ask. That way they know based on what that person is saying, what's something that is more helpful to ask instead of something else, instead of just somebody blankly asking X. And it's just people person, somebody that's jovial, smiles, either their smile is inviting, they're warm, they make people feel good. That's all it really would take for somebody to do this and to do it well. And then finally, um, when you start thinking about whether or not this person should look into the camera because you think that you want this to be more direct to camera or whatever, my recommendation is have the interviewees stand to the left or the right, whatever the framing may look best, depending on the space or whatever, but just stand to the side of the camera because people are going to ask, should I look at you or should I look at the camera? People aren't used that aren't used to being on camera, aren't used to staring into the camera. And even those that are, they're used to staring in the camera to their perspective, their position at home, their environment, their comfort zone. Them looking at another person is the most natural thing we've ever done because we've been doing this from day one of life. <laughs> so having them stare at the person or communicate to the person, they can talk to the person. And so the camera is just capturing the conversation. And that's how you have that side axis type filming perspective that comes off natural. And then you can say something like at the end, which is the, you know, it's nothing to follow up on. Um, it's just like, should somebody come to this event? Could be the basic thing. Uh, even after you've asked that question, or again, a good communicator will know how to ask the same question a couple times or rephrase it. But usually pro tip here, if you ask any type of question, you don't get the response you want, move on uh, because they're not in a position at that moment to really open up yet. That's okay. So you don't want to ask your heavy hitter questions right off the rip. Um, you want to know how to emotionally break them down and do one or two of these and you'll see like, oh, people responded better when X, you know, where I said something that's easy just to get them talking. Then once you have them talking and thinking, then go ahead and ask, you know, the heavier question or whatever without wasting somebody's time. But when you then have them at the end, you can be like, should they come to such and such, such and such? Yes, you have got to come to then they have them talk to camera uh, at that point, because the part about the other question around, you know, whatever, getting somebody to attend, that's cool. But getting them to specifically address at the end or whatever the person like you got to be here, you should be here, man, I've 
I, I'm never missing another one of these events. I missed last year. I had to be here this year and I'm going to be here next year. Come hella high water. Those are those pieces that really connect with people. So hopefully this brought you some value. These are some strategic testimonial tactics because when you're doing a live event, whether you're doing it yourself or you're at an event or whatever, you can have a friend that's even there or somebody else that's attending that you make friends with. This is a good way, especially if people come up to you, just turn the camera on. You don't need a bunch of fanfare. The only thing I would say is try to have a good microphone. They said, I love the DJI mics and stuff. Even though the new row ones have a little magnet thing on it, then you could just clip it on your shirt or hold it or whatever. Don't overthink this. Keep it simple. The more preparation and time that you have, the more organized that you can have, obviously the better, because then you can just set off a specific section to do this. But if it's just you, you're running and gunning or whatever the case is, or somebody catch you off guard, just at least film it. And it'll always be more valuable than not filming it. That's what I'm gonna leave it for this week's episode. And as I love to end all of my episodes, the winds of life blows on us all, but it's how you set your sails. With that, guys, the with passion. I'll see you on the next episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, but the value doesn't stop there. For more in-depth trainings, courses, and growing your brand using video, join the Video Simplified community at videosimplified.live.